It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, September 9th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is going to talk Columbus Blue Jackets, including their signing of Johnny Goudreau. Good stuff. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. She'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes, all that good stuff. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, we're going to touch on the NHL broadcast schedule that came out, and then we're going to get right into our conversation with Jay Foster of Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get podcasts. So hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Russ, I have mixed feelings about this national TV schedule that came out. I think in a lot of ways, it's a sign for where the Flyers are with only nine national TV games this season. You know, in the past, it's been up in the 15 mm-hmm. range. So uh, it's definitely a sign. It's a sign. Uh, I think the worst part is, though, and, you know, we'll just get right to it. I don't think any of the uh, pay networks should be able to hijack somebody's opening night. And the reason I say that is because. You know, you have these regional networks that those are the ones that the fans follow and they pay for, and they're the ones that should have, you know, the opening nights. It, it should not be allowed to be on a, a an additional pay service. I just don't like the idea of it. Yeah, of course, our opening game against the New Jersey Devils is an ESPN Plus Hulu exclusive game, and that's what's kind of leading to this consternation about it. And I think you're right. I have no problem with these games in general, and I understand that they have to have some of these exclusives early Mm -hmm. in the season, but for a team's opening night, that's a home game for them to not be able to watch the home broadcast crew, I think you know, might be a little bit of a, of a struggle. Yeah. I just, I, I, cause I, I look, I'll be in the press box. Uh, you know, someone like Jim Jackson will just end up doing pre and post. It's wrong. It's just flat out wrong. Yeah. Well, we'll see how they handle all of that, but uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a little bit of a, a disappointment. The Minnesota wild have the most national TV games this upcoming season with 15, which is a little weird to me. And like, why the wild? Who knows? Kirill the but, thrill. That's why. Yeah. yeah. All right. With that, let's get right into the season ahead for the Columbus Blue Jackets with Jay Foster. Okay, so like I said at the top of the show, we are thrilled to welcome Jay Foster from Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets to get an insight into another one of our Metro rivals. Uh, Jay, how you doing? 
I am doing I am doing pretty good. Uh, it's September now. Hockey is back this month. Uh, I'm very excited to watch the Blue Jackets play meaningful games. I am very excited to watch them too. And I think, you know, a lot of Flyers fans are pretty bitter about the Johnny Goudreau situation, but I don't think anybody's mad at Columbus per se. I think we're all just mad at the Flyers for not doing what needed to be done to sign him. But, you know, what's the feeling in Columbus about all that? Well, I mean, if you're spending $10 million on two bad defensemen, like, why would you go for Johnny Hockey instead of that? That, like, it seems... (laughs) <laughs> why, would, why would you do that it makes no sense um but no columbus is uh super super excited uh for this i mean this is i think it's fair to say when it when it first happened this is a franchise altering ufa signing like this is the first time a big ufa player has chosen to come to columbus you know like they've traded for big players before mm-hmm. obviously they've drafted some of their own but this is the first time that anyone's really kind of sat down and thought you know Columbus is where I want to play. He turned down more money from New Jersey. He turned down more money and an extra year from Calgary and was like, no, I want to play in, I want to play in Columbus. And so that's super, super exciting. And I'm, this season's going to be fun, you know? And I know the the Blue Jackets are kind of in a weird um, transitional space, Right now, you know, they kind of think they, they were in a rebuild. They didn't want to call a rebuild. That kind of got fast forwarded a little bit um, by the Blue Jackets playing above expectations last season. Obviously, they didn't make the playoffs, but a lot of people, stats people included, had predicted them to be at the very bottom of the division and they weren't, you know, so they were better than expected. I don't know if they're contenders yet. I think watching the Avalanche and the Lightning play in the Stanley Cup final last season was kind of assigned to a lot of teams like, oh, okay, we're not, a, you know, we're not a Johnny Gaudreau away from being the Avalanche. But I do think this team is going to be a, a playoff team. And I think a lot of that is going to come down to uh, Johnny Gaudreau, who is, uh, he's just, he's always been one of my favorite players. And I never assumed the Blue Jackets were going to get him. You know, I think during the, we did like a live show for free agency day uh, here at Locked On. And I made some kind of off-the-cuff remark about how the Blue Jackets are either going to do nothing or they're going to get Johnny Gaudreau when I'm not paying attention, like fully being sarcastic and glib. <laughs> and then at about midnight my time, I don't know if Flyers fans uh, or listeners of the of this can tell, I am in the UK. Uh, so it was like midnight my time and I got a message from our channel coordinator like, hey, I really hope you're awake right now because the Blue Jackets just landed Johnny Gaudreau. And I was like, oh, the holy, oh, geez, you know, <laughs> so a lot of, a lot of adrenaline, yeah. lots of excitement, but uh, free agency was, uh, was fun. It was a fun day. I'm excited to uh, see him in Union Blue. Yeah. One more thing about Goudreau. It's funny because maybe I should have been able to connect the dots because I cover Princeton. Eric Robinson played at Princeton, but I didn't realize Robinson knew Goudreau, but it really is because of Goudreau's brother, not because of Goudreau, because that's who Robinson really played with. But he, you know, he's happened to be friends with him and who knew that he would be the guy. For one thing, I never thought Eric Robinson was going to be a full time NHLer. I knew he was a decent college player, but that's something where I get towards full marks. He really helped turn him into a player. He always had the speed and stuff, but he just never seemed to put it all together in college. But then, you know, he becomes the uh, the conduit for for Goudreau and um you know, I live kind of close to Goudreau, and so I know a lot about the player and the family. And um, 
watched him in college hockey. And the funny thing is, is I, I don't think uh, Calgary fans kind of realize what the loss will be. I think they're just kind of looking at it now like, well, hey, we got Huberto. That's a good substitute. But he's not the same kind of playmaker, I think. And, and look, whether Goudreau hooks up with Line A or Roslovic, whoever it's going to be, they're going to have one of their best point years, goal years ever. And and that's the thing. I think even today, it's kind of funny. Even after the year Goudreau had last year, he's still getting underrated in a way in the NHL, which is hard to believe since he was over 100 points. But I do feel like that's still happening. But he, I think they are going to make the playoffs, and I think he is going to have a huge impact. Yeah, I think I've seen a lot of people being like, man, he's a fraud. He's he's going to hit like 60 points max in Columbus. And I'm like, man, I don't know if you're a really bitter Flames fan or a really bitter Devils fan, but like it's, it's super transparent. And I think something else as well um, that people are kind of overlooking in him signing in Columbus, the Blue Jackets signed Erica Branson a few hours before and everyone was like, this is the worst free agency contract that Yama Kekalayan has ever signed. And then... Yeah. And, you know, I was one of those people. I was like, what the heck? We don't need this guy who mostly exists just to punch people and take stupid penalties. Like, we don't. He box shots, be fair. He does box shots. Um, and then there was a behind-the-scenes video that came out, and basically it kind of um, Rick Nash sidles into the room where all of the, the management group are and is like, hey, I just spoke to a friend, and he says that uh, Branson's got a guy in Calgary that wants to be in Columbus. And then the camera cuts and then it jumps to them being on the phone to Johnny Gaudreau's agent. So again, I don't know how much of Gabranson signing here led to Johnny Gaudreau because I think they assumed that he wasn't available. Obviously, they found out actually mm-hmm. he is available. He does want to come to Columbus. And I wonder how much of, you know, this this Gaudreau contract that everyone, including me, was like, man, this is terrible. Four years, $4 million, modified <laughs> no trade clause. Like, and, but if, if you can use that contract and you end up with a guy like Johnny Gaudreau who, you know, we've seen what Johnny Gaudreau can do. I think he has another hundred point season. I think he and line a just get stapled together and just put the puck in the net all season long. Like it kind of makes that contract worth it. I think. All right. We'll be back with more from Jay getting into some of the nitty gritty about Columbus coming up next. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. You can find the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball. MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's talk a little bit more about like a, a guy like Jack Roslovic, who's from the area, and they were able to, to re-sign him. I think it's smart to get as many people as they can from the Columbus area or the surrounding area that do want to play there because I think a, that helps draw in fans and B, you know, again, he's a really good player and I don't think, you know, he's reached his ceiling yet. I think um, he got a little bit rushed to the NHL. So, you know, what are your thoughts on, on Jack Roslevic? I, I love Jack Roslevic. Um, I, until he kind of came to Columbus, 
I kind of laughed at all of the, you know, how every time a player that's born in Ontario goes to free agency, they're like, well, he's going to go to the Leafs, obviously. And I kind of was like, not every Toronto-born player wants to play there. And now I've got like a little collection of Columbus-born players. I'm like, no, I fully get this. These are are my children now, you know. So we've got, I think, three or four Columbus-born kids, plus Cole Sillinger, who was born here but grew up in in Canada. Mm -hmm. Um Mm-hmm. But I love I love Jack Rosovic. I think he is maybe not the first line center that a lot of people think that he could be. But I also have kind of been beating this drum for a little while. I don't think you need an elite center between two players like Line A and um, Goudreau. And I think Jack Rosovic mm-hmm. is the perfect person to kind of put there because he's not going to take the puck away from those two guys. If that makes sense, he's kind of a, yeah. a supporting player, I think. He's going to be there to start the play or be a transitional player between the two. And I think that's going to be a really fun a really fun mix. A lot of people are talking about, well, what if we put Cole Sillinger there? I don't necessarily agree with that. What if they put Boone Jenner there? You know, there's a lot of talk about who's going to send Yeah, I mean, Jenner's close. But... Jenner's close, but I don't think ultimately he would reach that. Now, I think Cole Sillinger in another year, it's possible he could reach that. Because again, him yeah. just playing in the NHL was pretty uh, extraordinary, actually. So, but you're well, right. I, mean, he's, I think I mean, for he's now, you know, he's not correct. Yeah, no I wouldn't want to do it to him now. No, he should be a third line center right now. Yeah, let him work his way up. I, I agree with that. Now, as far as Patrick Line goes, um, this could help them get him signed to a long term deal. We'll see how the experiment goes. Like all of a sudden, if Line scores forty five goals. That could work against them too. So, what's your feeling about that? I was I was really happy with the line A contract. Uh, I was expecting both more term and more uh, money. So, I I had fully prepared for like eight years at ten million. Like that was kind of my yeah. my assumption. Uh, and I think they ended up getting I think it's eight point five for four years, um, which is honestly I'm I'm really happy with that. Uh, I think everyone has kind of been down on line a uh he didn't have a very good first season with columbus uh he was injured for part of the year he was traded to a brand new team full of people he didn't know there was a global pandemic happening you know i feel like it's understandable that he kind of had a down year um and then this year a lot of people are like oh well he only had however he had 56 points i think he had 56 points in 56 games and his father died in the middle of the season dealt with an injury and then he came back from those two things and scored like 18 goals in 20 games or something bonkers you know and i don't think he's i don't think he's done yet i think you know one of my one of my hot takes i think for for this season is i think patrick Lyon is going to score 40 maybe 50 goals i think we're going to see that scorer that we saw in his rookie season in his sophomore season um, and then he kind of fell off after that, I think, probably because the Jets mismanaged him brutally. And then the trade took him a couple of, a little while to get going. But I I fully believe that Patrick Lyonet is a top 10 goal scorer in this league. So in order to keep Patrick Lyonet around, uh, you had to trade away Oliver Bjorkstrand. Uh, what effect is that going to have on Columbus? Um, well, it made me personally very sad. Uh, because I love Oliver Bjorkstrand. I thought he was going to be around for a long time. But he, unfortunately, was 
the cap casualty and a lot of people were like well why didn't they trade this guy why didn't they trade that guy why didn't they trade jake voracek who's making like eight and a half million for the next two years um unfortunately bjorkstrand was the guy that people were interested in um i'm glad that he's gone to a team in the west so he doesn't have to make us look silly more than twice a season um i think oliver bjorkstrand was a really underrated player in this league I think because he's not flashy, because he's not like a big personality, he's not a big name, but he was very quietly the Blue Jackets' best forward for long stretches of last season, the season before. Um, his underlying stats are incredible. Like he was one of the, he was maybe the best player at transition play on the Blue Jackets. And I don't think a lot of people have realized how much that is going to impact, for example, the power play or even even uh at even strength stuff i think people aren't going to realize and i think me included i don't think we're really going to see the impact that he's that he had until we watch them play at the start of the season and i'm like oh okay bjorkstrand should be on this line bjorkstrand should be here um on the flip side if the choice was for example you can afford johnny gaudreau and patrick line in exchange for Oliver Bjorkstrand. And uh, I think we got a, a, I think we sent a third and a fourth round pick or we got a, th- a third and a fourth round pick or a second and a third from, from Seattle. Like, would you rather have those things? And I'm like, well, obviously, you know, I love Bjorkstrand. I would take Johnny Gaudreau over Oliver Bjorkstrand from a hockey point of view every single day. So sad that he's gone, going to miss him. Big Bjorkstrand fan. Want the world for him in Seattle, um, but at the end of the day, this is a business. They had to lose someone, and clearly, I don't think this was. I think other people as well just assumed that Yamaka Kalainen immediately went out and started shopping Oliver Bjorkstrand. I don't believe that at all. He will have started no. off being like, "Hey, does anyone want Gus Nyquist for future <laughs> considerations or whatever? Does anyone want Jake Voracek?" I could see him, you know, trying to move. Uh, Potentially someone like, uh, you know, shifting a couple of, of of the smaller players, the Eric Robinsons, who, which again, I don't think that would make sense considering the, the Goudreau connection, but, you know, a couple of players like that to make the room. He didn't immediately go out there and be like, well, I've got Johnny Goudreau, so now I'll have Bjorkstrand can go somewhere else. Like, I fully believe he called people like, hey, do you want this player or this player? And they were like, no, how about Bjorkstrand? So unfortunately, that's... That's what it cost. The other GMs knew that the Blue Jackets had caps, but had cap trouble. And unfortunately, he was. That was the the way that it shook out. Yeah. Now a year later, we saw Jake Voracek have a good year in Columbus. How did the fans receive him, and what is his status? Do fans still think that they'd like to get him traded too because he makes a lot of money? Is that still a thought? Like if the cap gets tight, they're going to look at Jake first as well, like they used to in Philly. I think probably just because that it is a lot of money for... I always think that Jake Voracek is older than he is. He's only about 32 or 33, um, which I guess is old in NHL years and not for the rest of the world. But he is a player that the fans love him. And I assume that, you know, when things were going well in Philly, the fans loved him there as well. You know, he's one of those players that just kind of elicits a, a positive reaction. I think uh, the team clearly loves him. Um, I think he's been a big part of, in the uh, the end of like the 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 locker clearout interviews, 
all of the players were like, this year was the most fun I've ever had playing hockey. We have such a good group of guys. The locker room is so good. Like, I feel really good about where we are as a team. And I do think, obviously, I wasn't in the room. I don't know. I do think a large part of that is because of bringing in players like Voracek, who are, you know, good influences. Um, you know, he's okay. He's kind of ornery towards the media sometimes, but like I probably would be too if I was in his position. Um, and I just think that the effect he had on the team is, I mean, you can see it on the ice and he, yeah, he's never going to score a bunch of goals. I think he led the team in scoring this year uh, and he had six goals, you know? Um, <laughs> and then like 50, I think he had 56 assists and six goals, you know? So he's never going to beat that player, but if you put him on, you know, obviously if we pencil Goudreau and Lina in as the top two wingers, put him on that second line with, I don't know, like Cole Sillinger in the center and maybe like a Kent Johnson on that other wing. Like, I think that could be a really fun line. And I think he's perfect for that kind of mentor role of pairing with a couple of young guys and just watch them, watch them roll. Uh, whether they start looking at him to be traded, if, you know, his play dips, which it could do, I don't expect it to, um, or if, you know, more cap trouble happens, I think the Blue Jackets are mostly out of cap trouble for a couple of seasons now. Um, they've signed a lot of their big RFA, UFAs, and now they're just kind of waiting for the ELCs of guys like Sillinger, Johnson, uh, etc. to expire, and obviously they're going to need new contracts, but I think by the time the Blue Jackets are going to need to look at re-signing some big names. Voracek's contract will be up. I think he's only got two years left on it, including this upcoming season. Um, I would expect him to re-sign in Columbus, but for a much smaller contract. So uh, I think I think fans are going to fans are going to be fine with with Voracek's contract uh, for this season at least. Next season it might get a little a little interesting, but I think a lot of it will be down to how the team is playing as well. You know, like no no one gets mad at the big contracts when the team is winning. We're going to wrap up with Jay on the Columbus Blue Jackets coming up next. Uh, switching gears to talk about the draft. Uh, we talked a lot on our show about David Yerichek because we thought the Flyers had a pretty solid you know, opportunity to pick him, but he wound up with Columbus. So how are you feeling about that pick and what have you seen from him so far? I am in love with this choice. Uh, I fully, I had fully assumed that he was going to the Flyers. Uh, he was actually, he was number two on my board of players behind Shane Wright. Um, so when obviously, you know, there was a lot of talk floating around about how the Blue Jackets were going to, they wanted Cutter Gauthier. And I was like, I mean, he's good. I don't know that he's sixth overall good. Uh, I don't know if he's what the team needs right now. Uh, what I want is J David Juracek. And obviously the hockey gods were listening. He fell to sixth and uh, I couldn't be happier. I think he's a phenomenal young player. I don't think we've even seen anywhere close to what he can do. Um, seeing a lot of criticisms about his skating but if i had knee surgery six months ago my skating probably wouldn't be 100 percent yet anyway um i think he's a real pain in the butt to play against i think he's got a, a he's got all of the the pieces to be a phenomenal top pairing guy um i think he's good i think he's nhl ready i think he could make the i think he could walk onto the team in october and i've been saying that since the draft i think he's 
he's just so much fun to watch. I watched him at the uh, first iteration of the World Juniors. Um, I watched a bunch of tape when I was doing draft stuff. I didn't end up watching his second World Juniors tournament for reasons of Hockey Canada, which we don't need to get into right now. But uh, yeah, from everything that I've seen from David Juracek just makes me really, really excited for um, the upcoming prospect tournament that's happening in Traverse City in a couple of weeks and training camp. And uh, honestly, I think he's on the opening night roster and I'm super excited for, for that. The Blue Jackets are playing in the Global Series this season, but it's kind of weird because it's in November these games uh, <laughs> that Columbus is playing against the Colorado Avalanche, the Stanley Cup champs over in Finland. And I, I haven't really heard much buzz about this per se, but uh, is Columbus talking about it? Are people excited? It, it's been weird. It's a weird one because I believe that the original dates were twenty. They were going to be 2020 was the original game. Okay. It was going to be the, the, the start of the 2020-21 season. And then obviously... It got pushed, and then uh, it was going to be last season, got pushed again uh, because of, of COVID, obviously. So I think a lot of people have kind of... It's flown under the radar a little bit. I haven't seen a lot of people talking about it. I personally am super excited to have uh, Blue Jacket hockey happening in almost my time zone. Uh, they're going <laughs> to be, I think, an hour or two ahead instead of five hours behind, which is super exciting. Um, but I... I love this idea of the global series. I think it's a really fun concept. I love the idea of uh, they're playing in Tampere, Finland, which is where Patrick Laine is from. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe Mika Rantanen is from either Tampere or spent some time in Tampere as, as a youth player. So I think this is a really fun way to bring Finnish fans into the league to follow these players that grow up. I think, you know, it's like they did it with uh, Leon Dreisaitl and the Oilers. They sent them to Germany and they played there. You know, I think it's I think it's really fun. I think it's a good idea. And um, eventually it would be cool if they came to came to London, like uh, like the NFL does every year. So that's that's my personal hope. Yeah, there's well, you have to wait. And, and I mean, there is one um, Liam Kirk is the one player from from England. So at some point, if he becomes a player, which he could, um, maybe that happens. The one thing I was going to say about uh, Finland, which is amazing, like they have a population of about five or six million and think about all the hockey players they crank out. It, it's, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's, it's only growing as well. Like fin Finland is one of those teams that has been kind of on that bubble between Canada, USA and the rest of the world. And I think Finland, Sweden, um, Slovakia is is on there. Um, Czechia is kind of come up and coming. All of these nations are cranking out more and more and more players. They're growing, and uh, if you look at the like the breakdown of the NHL like the the player demographic, the North American percentage is dropping, and the European is only going up. So uh, super, it's super exciting to see t to see nations start to get more of a majority uh in a in a sport that you know has been predominantly canadian and and uh, american for a long time jay uh, wrapping up what is your prediction for columbus this season where do you think they'll finish out in the division i'm gonna say fourth i think they'll finish i think pittsburgh are gonna be better i think carolina is gonna be better and i think the rangers 
probably going to be better. Um, although if Shisterkin comes back down to mortal levels, like the rest of us, the Rangers might be in trouble. But yeah, I, th I think... I think the Blue Jackets are probably the third or fourth best team in the division with the with the Goudreau. The Metro is so tough. Metro is such is. a tough division. Like, I feel like teams can go from first to eighth in, like, like that. So it's really, it's a tough one to predict. But I think, unfortunately, sorry to say, guys, they're better than the Flyers, um, especially after <laughs> the offseason that both teams have had. I think they're better than the Devils. I think the Islanders are in real trouble. Um, I agree. Yeah, I think that'll depend on what the Caps end up doing. I think that, right. that's the that was the team I was forgetting. <laughs> yeah, that's the big question mark for me anyway. Mm. Is, is, are they going to uh, be able to keep it up? But yeah, Jay, thank you so much for joining us. This was fantastic. Where can people find you in the show? Uh, so you can find Locked on Blue Jackets wherever you get Locked on Flyers. We are on uh, every podcasting app. We're over on YouTube. Uh, I just hit 200 subs over on YouTube. So uh, we're on to the next 100 now, which is awesome. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Jacket. If you want some Jake Voracek content in your life, I'm going to be yelling about him all season long over there for Flyers fans that miss him. Uh, and if you would like some more general hockey screaming or Star Wars opinions or dog pictures or uh, tweets about food, uh, you can follow my public Twitter over at uh, underscore Jacob Foster, uh, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. So much good stuff from Jay about Columbus. Uh, they're a team that I think I'm going to kind of silently grumble about, but enjoy at the same time. Yeah, me too. I'm going to want to watch them and see them and see how the uh, changes go. And uh, maybe Juracek makes the team, all of those things. I want to see all of it. Exactly. All right. Wrapping up for the week had to have a little bit of gritty in the show on a Friday, but not the actual gritty. Uh, this is actually kind of a fun one from Dragon Con, the fan convention that happened uh, last week. And somebody dressed up as a sexy version of Gritty, uh, like a Playboy bunny. And I got to say, they did a pretty good job. I have no comment. <laughs> All right. Uh, kudos to whoever made that costume. Excellent work. That'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again on Monday with the latest Flyers news. We're going to be looking ahead to Rookie Camp, which starts next week. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, we'll also have our nemesis of the week because it'll be Monday. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone.